you want to do it on there, it'll be on there. But follow along with us in that. And again, we're just digging deeper in the word to grow, all right? Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar for worship. And let's put our hands together and sing to the Lord tonight. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide this weary soul This bag of bones And I tried with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he showed me that I am not alone. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind So, so long to my old friend Burden and bitterness You can't keep moving Now you ain't welcome here From now to walk the streets of gold I sing of how you saved my soul Till it turns round its way back home. You picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart, you changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe my doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind. 
so, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness just keep on moving. Now you ain't welcome here. From now to a walk on the streets of gold, I sing as how you saved my soul. A wayward sun has found its way back home. You picked me up, you turned me around, you placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because you healed my heart. You changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Ready? Let's sing this together. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because he healed my heart, he changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God. One more time, let's sing, hell lost another one. Hell lost another one, I am free, I am free, I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Because He healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Because he picked me up and he turned me around, 
He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because He healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. sun to rise, you lay it down to rest, you hold this heart of mine, you hold my every such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful. Such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous. So faithful you are, seated in majesty, reigning in holiness, the table is set for me. For you are the living bread, such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless. And so generous, and so faithful you are, seated in majesty, reigning in holiness. The table is set for me, for you are the living bread, such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, 
so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. Let's sing a nothing. And nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty Nothing as sweet as His love And mercy Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy, nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Jesus, the Son of God, hung on a cross to die. But here's the good news. But not even death itself could hold you down for you rose to life. Such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful. Such an awesome God, so selfless, so generous, so faithful you are. Let's sing at nothing. And nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy. Nothing comes close to the Lord Almighty. Nothing as sweet as His love and mercy such an awesome God so mighty so holy so wonderful such an awesome God so selfless so generous and so faithful you are, such an awesome God, so mighty, so holy, so wonderful, such an awesome God, so selfless. So generous, so faithful you are. 
Such an awesome God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's raise our hands for a minute tonight. Lord, we love you and we worship you, Father. We thank you for all that you are. And it is true. You are selfless, Lord. You are holy, Lord. You are generous to us, Father. We thank you that you are way more good to us than we could ever deserve. And we just want to praise you. We just want to thank you tonight for all that you are in our lives. And Lord, I I pray that as we approach the word of God tonight, that we would do so with open hearts, Lord, and open ears. I know that you want to speak to every single one of us this evening. And we know, Lord, that with those that have open ears, they're going to get something, Lord. Those that have soft hearts to receive, their lives are going to be changed, Lord. And I pray that every single one of us would fit into that category because we want to get better, Lord. We don't want to stay how we are. We want to get better and better for you. And we want to change from glory to glory. We love you and we praise your name. Have your way in this service tonight. Do what you want to do, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. You may be seated. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, who is expecting to hear from the Lord this evening? Amen. Well, you are at the right place. I'm going to do a quick introduction and then just get into the Word of God tonight. But uh, if you uh, weren't here this morning or you've never been here to uh, uh, to hear Reverend Ray Bench, the, tonight is going to be a good night in your life and it's going to be a turning point. So uh, I'm going to have Brother Ray come on up this evening. Everybody, let's hear it for Reverend Ray Bench. Amen. Amen. Hey, all right. Yeah, I'll give a little honor where honors due. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, amen. Ray and Janine are from Midland, Michigan. Well, Janine's from Johannesburg, South Africa. Is that, did I say it right? Cape Town. Okay. My bad. That's my bad. So anyway, uh, close enough. It's the, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, praise the Lord. Ray has been a great friend of this church for over a decade and, uh, God's just used him to speak into our lives more times than we can count. Uh, he was a great leader in Dr. Mark Barclay's ministry there in Michigan, uh, international worldwide ministry. There we go. Amen. Uh, should I make my, do you guys want me to make my disclaimer? Or are you tired of it? Uh, let's just go ahead and do it real quick. So we've invested thousands and thousands of dollars into a new sound system. We are working out the kinks and bugs. We're almost 100% there. And so if you hear a bell ring, whistle, or a toot that you don't like, then, hey, it's okay. The new sound system is here. Disclaimer over. All right. So everybody, we're going to get into the word tonight. Tag on to what we had this morning. And so who's ready to receive from Jesus through Ray tonight? Amen. All right. Let's go, everybody. Thank you. That's awesome. Give Pastor a good hand clap, everybody. Amen. Thank God for a good priest in the house. Men, did you bring a Bible tonight? My mic is my mic is on. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts, chapter six. We'll get into the scriptures. Praise God. Hallelujah. I did um, bring some CDs with me again. Um, if those are a blessing to you, praise God. Now listen, I understand, you know, technology keeps changing, right? Back in the day, it was real to real. That was before my day, just so you know. That was before my day. And um, then after that came cassette tapes. And uh, sometimes, you know, people don't understand it. How do you know if a cassette went bad? Because it sounded like your speaker was underwater. That's how you knew. And you had to eject and find a pencil right away. Amen. 
If you're not there, never mind. You'll have to have somebody over 50 tell you about it. Praise God. And uh, so, but things have changed. And then, you know, CDs came out. We thought that would be the, the last thing that God ever invented right before the rapture. Praise God. And now CDs have been replaced by USB. And I understand a lot of the new cars don't even have CD players in them. So here's what I do. I have all of my um, CDs that I can pack and bring with me with me. If you want USB, I don't do that. But what we've done, and this was actually something the Lord gave Janine, is you can go back to the to this table. You can purchase the CD, but what it gives you is a code. You can go to my website, raybench.com. You can go there, find the CD you want. That code will allow you to download it directly to your smart device, your phone, your computer, whatever you want to use it for. And then you have you can use it while you're working in the yard or driving around or whatever you want to do. Amen. But I just felt like for me to go out and, and print USBs, number one, it slows me down because you have to hire somebody to do the artwork. They have to submit it. You have to find somebody to duplicate it. It's just, I don't want to mess with it. Amen. So it's easier. There's a code. Go get the code, download it, go do whatever you want. Amen. And um, that, that way it's a blessing either way. I have some things that I just want to talk to you about. Um, I have begun, at least in my heart, a vein in the ministry that I just call evangelism. And so I did a teaching not too long ago. I just called it Between the Living and the Dead. When the children of Israel got into sin, God began to bring his judgment down on the people. Moses tells Aaron, the high priest, he says, go get your censer. Your, you know, we would say lampstand, which was in the Old Testament, sorry, in the New Testament, there's a type and shadow that those are the prayers of the saints. And he says, and he, the Bible says he took that and he stood there between the living and the dead and the plague was stopped. The picture is that the priest, the job of the priest was to stand between God's judgment and the people in mercy. See, God is both just and justifier. He loves you, but he is not going to become unholy to permit our sin. Amen. The only way that, again, it's, you have forgiveness is through the blood of Christ, which he, he provided, the lamb. But you have, to, you have to take that blood and apply it to your heart, spiritually speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, whosoever will may come, but you got a will to come. Right? Not everybody. I don't believe a thing that's called inclusion that everybody is just saved because Jesus died for the sins of the world. You got a part to play in that. Can you say amen? I love my kids and I want them to grow up, but they got to grow up. I can't do that part for them. Hallelujah. I can beat them when they don't. But I can't do that part for them. Hallelujah. But anyways, um, so that that's something that I just, I teach. I give some salvation testimonies, people that I've gotten saved over time. But I would encourage you to take time to listen to this and to, to join with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in standing for the lost. The lost in your life, the lost in your city, the people at the bus stop, the people on the plane, train, however you travel, wherever you meet society. Because there are certain people that your pastor will never meet, and you will. Amen? And and God needs you to help them. Hallelujah. So that's there for you. And then I have one I just called it a better Egypt. God did not come to give you a better Egypt. He came to give you new life. He doesn't expect you to stay a slave in Egypt, and he's just going to make it easier. He came to get you out of there. Amen? So you're no longer a slave to sin. Amen? 
but you're free from that and everything that Egypt tried to do to you. Praise God. So those things are back there. And if that would be a blessing to you, praise the Lord. Make sure that you make yourself available to that. I'll just give these to some people on the front row. Because I like to sew. You know, I always tease Dr. Barclay, my pastor, always says, who wants one of these? And everybody raises their hands and runs up front. And I always say, what if nobody wants anything I teach? And I'm not going to feel stupid in church. So I just give it to somebody by faith in Jesus' name. And then... We'll just all pretend that people like what I preach. Hallelujah. And if not, don't tell me different after the service. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you find Acts chapter 6? Acts chapter 8 says this. This is a familiar set of verses. If you've heard me preach, I tend to launch from these verses quite a bit. It says this, And Stephen, full of faith, say full. What was he full of? Not doubt. Amen. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Says there arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. Did you ever have people dispute with you? I've had people dispute with Ray. Amen. It's all right. Says this in verse 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. I was called to the ministry. The Lord had visited me, said, I want you to teach. And so I said, you have to send me to somebody who can show me how. I don't know anything to do. I knew the teachers endured a harsher judgment. I had probably quit smoking about 55 million times, so I didn't need a harsher judgment. I was looking for an easier one if there was one. Amen. And um, so I said to the Lord, I'll teach if you'll send me to somebody who can show me how. Because I don't want to teach things that are wrong. How about you? I always say I hate bad directions because you don't find out you're, you went right when you should have turned left until it's too late and you already missed the wedding. Amen. So tell me now what I should know at judgment day and I'll make the changes. But I can't change anything if I don't know it until judgment day. Does that make sense? So I was going through my trailer one night. We had moved to Midland. I'm walking through my trailer. It's late. Everybody else is asleep. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, let's go go get your Bible. Let's talk for a minute. Well, man, I went and grabbed my Bible. I sat down. We had a little glass round table there in the kitchen area. Uh, it wasn't like its own kitchen because, you know, in a trailer, all the rooms are kind of the same. Amen. And um, long story, but you know what I'm talking about if you've ever been there. And so I sat down at the table. And that verse that I just read to you was the first verse that I read that night. So I've built my whole life on this verse. I patterned my life after Stephen, if you want the honest truth of it. Because I said, God, where did Stephen learn to preach like this? That he has such healing power. And when he begins to speak, even the people who want to debate him can't debate him because of the wisdom by which he speaks. Where do I go? Where is this Bible school that I can go to that I can learn you like this so I can walk with you that way? And that's when the Lord began to speak to me. He said, son, there's no Bible school there. Read it yourself. So I went back and I began to read in Acts chapter 1. And I ran. I went all the way down through. And when you hit the end of this sermon in chapter 7, verse 54, when Stephen's done, it says this. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. If you go back... To Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when Peter came out of the upper room, it says the exact same phrase, and they were cut to the heart. That's when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, and he said, 
He said, Stephen didn't go to a Bible school to learn it. Stephen learned it from being around his pastor, Peter. Peter learned how to preach from being around Jesus Christ. Amen? So, Stephen, there's an old expression from the Pentecostals that says, says, the things of the Spirit are caught, they're not taught. I'm going to say it again. Say it with me. The things of the Spirit are caught, not taught. In other words, I, I can sit here all day and explain it to you, but until you can see it in action, you'll catch it when you see it in action. Janine yesterday met with several other ladies, but there was a lady in our church that wanted to, a young mother who wanted to meet with her, and she said, Janine, could you mentor me? Could you help me? And I loved her answer. She said, I'll do that. She said, but I'm not going to sit around with you at the coffee shop. That's not what you need. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to have to clean the children's area. i got to sanitize things. i got to take down all the decorations, put up new decorations for the new things we're doing. Come with me and do cutouts, put things on the wall, stick things on the wall, take things off the wall. And that is where I can show you what I do. And I thought that is one of the best answers that you can give. I tell people all the time, if you want to, if you want to find out what a man of God is like, get busy helping him. Amen. And you will learn more than you will sitting in a classroom. Now, the classroom's nice. There are times you need to just open up the Bible and begin to teach. But then there's times where you just need to catch the spirit of what's going on. Can you understand what I'm talking about? And these things are caught. I really can't teach them to you. You more have to watch me in action and you begin to observe. Can you say amen? It's one thing to be in the classroom. It's another thing to be in the plane. If you want to learn how to be a pilot, you can only sit in that classroom and, and check boxes for so long. That's a whole lot different than falling out of the sky at 5,000 feet. Can you say amen? These things in mind, go with me to, to Matthew chapter 16. We'll pick it up here at verse 13. It says this. It says, and when Jesus had come into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? So he drills down a little bit deeper. Who, in other words, who does the city say that we are as a church? Who, then he says, well, who do you say now? Let's get more specific. Who do you think that I am? Simon Peter, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and he said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered him and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. He goes on and he says, and on this rock, uh, Peter, and I, I call you Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, and on he goes. Here's my point. When Peter said to Jesus, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus says to Peter, you're blessed because I didn't show this to you, my Father in heaven showed it to you. Here's my question. Did Jesus teach Peter that truth? No, he didn't. That's what Jesus is remarking at. 
You learned something but that's true, but you didn't learn it from me. You caught it not from the pastor, but from the pastor's God. You caught not something I didn't taught. Make sense? You saw something I didn't show you. It's true, but you got it from the Holy Spirit. I wasn't the one who revealed it to you. Wouldn't have been anything wrong if Jesus had told it to him. But what he's saying is, you've now connected with God on your own. That system that the common man, Peter the fisherman, and all men, can hear from God on their own is how the church is built. The things of the Spirit are caught. Peter caught that around Jesus. Jesus hadn't taught it. Does this make sense to you? You need to get so in tune with the Holy Spirit that is showing you things about the church, about your ministry, about the people, and it's in direct line with what pastor is preaching, but he hasn't preached it yet. He hasn't taught it yet. But it's, it's as, in other words, I say it this way, you're in the flow of what the Holy Spirit's doing. Can you say amen? Uh, the only way I can say it is, like, if you've ever watched a horse, all four legs are moving at the same time, but they're all doing different things going the same direction. That's the way the church ought to be. Pastor shouldn't have to tell the helps people every last thing. They should be in motion all on their own, headed in the same direction that he's headed in. Can you say amen? If he has to tell us every last thing, we're not in the flow with what the Holy Spirit's doing. He, we're still under his direct, you know what I'm talking about? We're not catching it yet. That's my point. The things of the Spirit are caught, they're not taught. Dr. Barclay and I were, this is a long time ago now, but we were down at Pastor Jim Crabb's service, and Pastor Crabb was a wild man. He was just old Pentecost holiness, amen. He loved God. He had the wildest praise and worship you ever saw in your life. He had one guy from the Marines, his name was Lenny. Lenny would high step across the front and back of the sanctuary. And he, I mean, he'd just go, you just got out of his ways. It was shoes and shoelaces everywhere, hallelujah. Lenny just have himself a time. And then he had another guy, and his name, his name was Joe. He'd get drunk in the Holy Ghost almost every service. Joe, when he'd get filled with the Holy Ghost, he'd dance like an old Frank Sinatra. I mean, he just kind of soft shoe up there. It was wonderful, but I can't do it. I'd cramp up if I tried to do it. Hallelujah. And, and, and Lenny was going one way, and Joe was going the other way. And then he had another guy in the back. And he was an old drunk, and he got saved and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. He'd sit there. When the Holy Ghost would hit him, he'd go... Jesus! Lenny's dancing and Joe's soft shoeing and that, that guy's in the back going Jesus and Pastor Crab would do the pogo stick. He danced like this back and, and all this. It was the wildest thing. This Lutheran boy had never seen anything like this. I can, we didn't do that in the Lutheran church. And I'm standing there looking at all of that, standing next to Pastor and I'm the armor bearer. And one thing you learn quick is shut up. Amen. Before I, before I got saved, boy, if it rattled around twice up there, out it came. I had first that, oh, no, we're not pulling that back in. Just keep that thought to yourself. Hallelujah. And I'm in the middle of all of that. I mean, I'm wide-eyed, brother. I, we didn't have any of this where I was from. And in the middle of all of that, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Standing there by pastor, and he says, I want you to notice that the prophets were always in charge of the king's. Why would you talk to me about that? We're having a Holy Ghost service. He said, I want you to notice that the prophets were always in charge of the kings. 
So I, I turn to pastor, kings meaning the civil leaders. Even though Israel had wanted kings, he never put them in charge of the prophets. David, when Nathan came to David, David knew he was wrong. And he repented because the prophet, the common man wouldn't talk to the king that way, but the prophet could. And I turned to Pastor Barclay on the front row and all of this madness is going on and Lenny's doing his thing. And I don't know how he did it. Thank God for him. It was wildfire. And I, I said to Pastor, it strikes me, Pastor, that the prophets in the scriptures were always in charge of the civil leaders, the kings. He looked back at me. He said, talk to me about that after church. So we went back and in the hotel, he began to talk to me about that and expand and to talk about certain things. I said, well, then why don't the prophets deal with some of these civil leaders and correct some of this insanity going on? He said, well, for right now, until people will listen to you, you're just a voice crying out in the wilderness. People aren't going to take in what you have to say. And he waited over the course of time and a platform began to get built in his ministry And judges in our city began to call him. The city prosecutor became a friend of his. The city attorney became a friend of his. Over the course of time, the leaders in our state began to call. I've been in in the car with him and some of the national people began to call him and ask for his input and advice. Things he couldn't talk about while I was in the car. But I knew that day was coming in his ministry 15 years before it ever showed up. Does that make sense? It wasn't something he taught me. I caught it just being in the spirit in those meetings. Does that make sense? Over the course of time, I could sit on the front row. I was no longer an usher at that time. Now I was preaching. And I could sit on the front row during a conference and Janine and I would be sitting there and pastor would be praying for somebody and then he'd move on. And this lady was standing there and the ushers were moved on and I grabbed one of the ushers. I said, hey, 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 you need to get behind her. He said, well, pastor's over there. I said, you need to get behind her. Pastor's over there. Boom. He got there just in time. He asked me later, he said, how do you know? I said, when you work with that anointing long enough, you'll know how the Holy Spirit begins to work with your leadership. And pastor isn't, the Holy Ghost isn't everywhere just working where he's at. He's everywhere working. And you can see him beginning to manifest on people if you just stay with it long enough. Say this with me. The things of the Spirit are caught. They're not taught. There isn't a class that pastor gave me where he could teach me that. I caught it just being around him. Does that make sense? That's what's happening in Peter's life. That's why Peter, when he took charge of the New Testament church or one of the leaders, that's how Stephen began to pick it up. And they all began to work in some form of miracle working power and signs and wonders because that spirit began to get caught from one to the other. Can you say amen? And the Bible says that we become of the same spirit. We won't go there, but for the sake of time, Numbers chapter 11, you can look it up for yourself. Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 through. Moses is in prayer, and he's praying and talking to God. I've taught these verses here before, so I'm going to refer to it more than you look it up and study it in your notes. But in Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 down through about 16, Moses is in prayer, and he is so distraught before the because of the people... Because of their murmuring, I know you don't have any murmurers here, it's other places, hallelujah. 
And he actually says, God, I'd rather die than pastor these people anymore. Now, Pharaoh doesn't bring him to that place. But the people and their constant murmuring, they wear him down. And he actually says, if this is how you treat me, please kill me here and now. Verse 14, Numbers eleven fourteen. look it up for yourself. So God takes Moses and he says, gather to me, verse 16, verse 17, gather to me 70 elders, leaders of the people, bring them to the sanctuary, and I'll take of the spirit, say spirit, that's upon you, and I'll put that same upon them. Then they can bear the burden of the people together with you. But until they catch that spirit, that same heart, they can't help you. Now, it wasn't that Moses needed a bigger church. He's running about one and a half million. For a first-time pastor, he's not doing too bad. He's got bread falling out of the sky. He's got a cloud of fire by day, by night, rather, and a cloud to cover and to shield the people during the day. Certainly here in the desert, you understand the value of a cloud. I shouldn't have to labor that point here of all places, hallelujah. Thank God for clouds. Wouldn't you like one on your way when you're out in the yard all the time, hallelujah. But that's his church, and yet despite all of those miracles, Moses doesn't need more money, he doesn't need a better sound system, he doesn't need a better building, he doesn't need any of that. You know what he needs? You. He needs people like you that have his heart, that will come along and catch what he's saying, catch what he's preaching, catch the anointing and the spirit of God from him, and take it out and begin to bless and to help the people. Can you say amen? Say it with me again. The things of the Spirit are caught. They're not taught. Let's look at some more verses, all right? Let's go with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. Children of Israel have left Egypt and they're, they're on their way out. Going through the wilderness. Says this, and now Amalek came and he fought with Israel at Rephidim. No, Israel didn't try to fight with Amalek. Just because people challenge you doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Sometimes you're just going through life, minding your own business, obeying God. And people can be nasty. Can you say amen? You just keep going, just keep walking with God. Says here, and Amalek came and he fought with Israel at Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Moses did as Joshua said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So those three guys, Moses, Aaron, and Hur, go up to the top of the hill. And so it was, verse 11, when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So Moses' hands became heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat upon it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands on one side and on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, write this as memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. That's almost identical to what we talked about this morning about remembering your victories in God. Amen. 
Write this as a memorial. He said, and, and remind Joshua, I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And he carries on. I've read this I don't know how many times. I've preached this I don't know how many times. It's a wonderful picture what Aaron and Hur did, right? How they held that, those prophets' arms up and kept him strong so the standard stayed up. Here's my question. What's the harder duty? Aaron and her holding up the, pa- the pastor's arms or Joshua down in the valley fighting for his life? Doesn't that seem a little bit more effort to you? I don't know how you think, but if I'm Joshua and these guys are so lazy they can't even hold up his hands, I'm throwing a spear at you. You don't need Amalek. You don't need Amalek to come. I'm going to chuck something at you. My goodness, guys. Hold his arms up. Everything depends. Every now and then, if the pastor gets weak, it affects everybody. Can you say amen? You have to take notice of how you're treating the man of God because it matters. If you keep that standard up, then everybody stays strong. Hallelujah. So that's what's going on in this verse. I read that I don't know how many times. My eyes always go to Joshua about how much extra work he had to do. Do you ever feel like you get harder work than everybody else? Don't raise your hands right now, pastor's looking. But that's where Joshua's living. He's doing twice the work, twice as much danger as everybody else. And then I read it one day and it dawned on me, Pastor Dave, Aaron and her aren't going into the promised land. Not ever. They're going to stay there in the wilderness. You know who's going in? Joshua. You know what he's going to do when they get there? He's going to be the commander of the Lord's army. God is already preparing Joshua for his future. And Joshua doesn't even know it yet. He's making sure that Joshua has caught leadership. God is making sure before he ever takes Moses out of the way, he is already preparing Joshua for the next rung on the ladder for his life. Does this make sense to you? Sometimes when you think, well, this is just a small part in the body of Christ... Remember, God never wastes emotion. Anything you're doing in the church is for a purpose. God can be getting you ready for the next thing he wants you to do in your life and not tell you about it. But if you'll get to work, if you'll make excellence out of what you'll do, then the things of the Spirit are caught. You will catch the Spirit of where you need to be in your future and you'll be ready for it before the battle ever comes. Is this making sense to anybody? So therefore, like with Joshua, everything matters. Everything you do today, whether you think it's important or not, it matters that you do it well. Because it keeps the man of God strong. And if the man of God's strong, then the nursery's strong. If the nursery's strong, then the children are strong. If the children are strong, then the homes have peace. It affects things. Does this make sense to anybody tonight? And so you have to remember... Everything in the church is interconnected because that's how God set up the body of Christ. One can be the finger and another the hand, but one can't move independent from the other. Can you say amen? Whether you like it or not, you need me. You might not like me, but you need me. And the truth is, I need you. I need you functioning. I need you doing your part. Amen? Think about how many souls tonight depend on making that the technology will touch 
And without our brothers taking care of the cameras, how many people won't hear the word of God tonight? One time I, I finished preaching in Midland, and I, I, and I only live a half a mile from our church. And by the time I got home from the church to my house, a half a mile, I already had texts from the Philippines, people who were live streaming the service. It takes me a minute to get home, and already people from halfway around the world, 13 time zones earlier, were getting the word of God that I had preached in the cornfields of Midland, Michigan. I never knew when I sowed money to the sound system that it would help my pastor touch the world with the power of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? These things, these things are all true and they're true for everybody. We won't go there again for the sake of time. But it, here's a story, maybe you've read it. There's a guy named Samson in your Bible, right? Samson's known for his great strength. He does all of these great feats. At one time, he grabs the gate post, right? Like the whole gate, the doorway that lets you into his city, and he carries it up the hill. That's bad to the bone. I don't care who you are. That was before there was a Hulk, amen? This guy, he was something else. He didn't have to get mad. He just had the power hit him, and off he'd go. In his life, he he battles and he's fighting and these Philistines come and he goes to battle against these Philistines. They come to him and he reaches down and he finds what the Bible calls the jawbone of a donkey. And he grabs that, he breaks it off of the skeleton and he goes to battle and the Bible says he kills a thousand people with that jawbone. Now, I don't care who you are, that's a cool story. Hollywood cannot write a cool story. So I was reading through that one day in the book of Judges, and it says this. He killed he killed a thousand people with the fresh jawbone of a donkey. And that word jumped out at me. So I studied some things, and I looked it up, and then I called a friend of mine who was a medical doctor. I said, talk to me about bone density for just a little bit. If... If that jawbone had been dry and brittle, you know, like the skeletons you see, I said, would it have worked? He said, no, it would have shattered. Because if it has that much, if it's dry, if there's no moisture at all, content in it at all, it would just just shattered after the first couple of guys he hit with it. So I got digging a little bit deeper into some theologians and people that I've studied after. In Clark's commentary, it says this, it says, God had that donkey born, live its life, died at the right place, at the right location. So that when it died, it had decomposed just far enough as to have that, that bone useful, but not unavailable. So before... The man of God knew he needed that weapon. God had already provided the weapon and left it laying there and not told anybody about it. Theologians call it the pre-supply power of God. He provides the answer before there's a question. Do you ever notice when Jesus came out of the tomb, it says, and they remembered his words? 
How could they remember something they hadn't been told? He told them already he was coming out of that tomb, but they forgot it. But if you study what Jesus said, he told them the answer before the problem showed up. That's what God is doing here for Joshua. He's preparing him for a war before the battle comes. He doesn't know he's going to take on Jericho. He doesn't know he's going to win all of these battles. He doesn't know the rest of his life. But God is getting him ready for his future today. So, well, Brother Ray, why are you talking about us? Because you serve the same God he does. And this is how God thinks. Everything you've been given in this church to do, everything, whether you're giving something in the offering or you're an usher, you're a deacon or you're whatever, do it heartily as unto the Lord with all your might. Why? Because your future depends on it. If you don't pass this test, if you don't succeed here, your future dreams don't come yet. Why? You're not ready for them. God could have given Joshua Jericho, but Joshua isn't ready for Jericho yet. He will be if he just stays with the stuff. Is this making sense to anybody on a Sunday night? That's why I'm trying to teach you the things of the Spirit are caught. They're not taught. You get around a real man or woman of God, you'll begin to know things you've never dreamt or seen before. I talked to you this morning about going to the Philippines. You know where I learned to believe in money? I was We were taking a building program offering up for our church building. I've testified about this here before, so I'll be brief. We were we, Janine and I were living in our trailer, and the pastor, pastor was believing to pay off the church building. And what they did is they gave out a pledge card, and what they said is if you'll pledge to the building... You go to buy something and you find out it's on sale. There's a two-for-one sale or there's whatever it is you need and it's half off or whatever. You take the money you were going to spend anyways because you were already going to spend it. Then the money you save, you take that and you put it in the building program. And we'll believe God that over the course of the year, you have $5,000 to put into the building program. Well, I took my pledge card. You were supposed to fill out your name and stuff, and then you ripped off the other half, and you kept a record, like a log, of how much you had given over the course of the year so you could keep track of it. So I had taken mine, but instead of putting it in the offering bucket when it went by, I folded it up, and I put it in my Bible, and I took it home. And I'm driving along one day, actually in Pastor's car, headed to pick him up from the airport, and the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. Imagine me. And he says to me, he said, I want you to pledge $5,000 to the building program. I said, God, I don't have $5,000. A little while later, he said it again. He said, Ray, I want you to pledge $5,000 to the building program. I said, God, I don't have. If I had it, you could have it. No questions asked. But you can add up everything I've got and every account I've got. I won't come anywhere near. I don't think I'm over $300. Raymond, whoa, that took back bad memories from when my father was alive. I want you to pledge $5,000 to the building program. And I said, okay, okay. When I get home, I'll tell Janine, we're pledging $5,000 to the building program. And then he said these words, a piece. Did you ever respectfully say something really stupid to the Lord. This is one of those. 
I said, well, Lord, you're already at the house. Why don't you tell Janine? <laughs> How do you go home and tell the girl of your dreams living in a trailer in squalor? Not even a nice trailer. It was, it was bad, but it's all we had. Hear me. It took about a year. I was just a little bit under. Janine was just about a year even. And the benches had put $10,000 into the building program. My whole trailer I bought for $9,800. What was the Lord doing? He was teaching me that I could do more than what my brain was telling me I could do. What's he doing? He's, he's stretching me. You know, there are times your brain will lie to you. You don't need a person to lie to you. Your own brain will tell you you can't do it. The devil will, over the course of time, repeat certain lessons in your life. Once when you're six, once when you're two, again when you're eight, again at twelve, a couple times at ten or fourteen, until later on you are now regurgitating the lie. I'm not good at that. That's not something that I do. What's that mean? He's trained you. He's taught you. He can go on vacation now. You're doing it to yourself. What, what's God doing for me? He is, he is, I, he's trying to get me ready for my future. How are you going to get to the Philippines if you can't believe that I'll bless you? How are you going to go touch the world if you can't even believe that I'll help you? I felt like I had to do everything myself. I didn't know he would get involved and help me. That was one of the greatest revelations of my life. But we paid that off. I, I've done that number, I don't know how many times now. Over the course of the years, the Lord has really blessed me. So when I testified this morning about being able to raise the funds to go to the Philippines, you know where it started? It started with helping the man of God take care of his house. And I'll tell you something else. Once I learned that God could use me to do that, I say it this way. I took that fire hose and I poured it on my own bills. I said, well, if you can do that through me for the, your house, I got some things in my house I need paid for too. You know, God kept that system going. We paid off that trailer. We paid off our car. And when we went to go, we were trying to sell that trailer. And some friends of ours, were they were sitting ready with the bank to buy a house on a river, a nice log cabin. They were both in the medical field. Now, one was a lab technician and then the other worked as a receptionist. I mean, a real high-end receptionist in an office. And they were sitting at the at the bank, getting ready to sign the papers on their new house. And he turns to her and says, do you really want to do this? And she says, no, I'd like to buy Ray and Janine's trailer. <laughs> now, I thought when God split the Red Sea, he was big time. <laughs> I, I thought when he, seriously, when he brought Lazarus out of the tomb, I thought he was big time. But when he turned those people and said, we now love your trailer. Are you out of your mind? You really can do anything, can't you? In the helps ministry, the things of the spirit are caught. They're not taught. I caught the spirit of faith helping my pastor. Everything I do now, does this make sense to anybody? It opened doors for me to see supernaturally in the realm of the spirit and to find money I don't have. God can assign me to do anything. What I've realized now is he isn't asking me to give what I've got. He's asking me to see what he sees. 
and he'll give me a God-given opportunity to get my hands on money I don't have. Does that make sense to you? The things of the Spirit, hear me, they're caught, they're not taught. You have to get around the man of God and you'll catch the spirit of victory. We won't go there, but in Joshua chapter 10, Joshua and his men, they go out and they, well, maybe we better go there real quick. Go to with me to Joshua chapter 10. I want to get to the laying on the hands and pray for some of you. Hallelujah. Again, I, I know I've read these verses, but I want to just obey God. Was that all right with you? Verse 21 In, um, in verse 16, it'll start. Well, let's just read it. We'll let the scriptures do the heavy lifting. Jo- Joshua and the, and the children of Israel have taken on five armies all at the same time. They, they win. And as they're winning, these five kings realize their armies are losing. So they go, the five kings, and they hide themselves in a cave. And they're trying to escape with their lives, though they know their armies are lost. Verse 16. But these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in the cave at Makeda. And it was told Joshua, saying, The five kings are hidden in the cave. And so Joshua said, verse 18, Roll a large stone against the mouth of that cave and set men by it to guard them. And do not stay there yourselves, but pursue your enemies and attack their rear guard. Do not allow them to enter their cities, for the Lord your God has delivered them into your hand. Now you realize this is all being done by messenger, right? He isn't like he can text them all of this, right? He's given instruction by, by delegation. It says, for God has delivered them into your hand, 20. And then it happened while Joshua and the children of Israel had made an end of slaying them with a very great slaughter till they had finished... Those who escaped entered the fortified cities, and all the people returned to the camp to Joshua at Makeda in peace. No one moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. Brother, I guess not. Suddenly CNN didn't want to talk about it anymore. Can you say amen? Then Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings to me from the cave. And they did so. And they brought out those five kings to him in front of the cave. The king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmoth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon. Uh, God's pretty specific in his record keeping. Can you say amen? You ever read the the beginning and you see all of those, you know, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot? That's God proving to his people that I kept record. When I said I'd bless David's family, I really did. So he keeps record of these five kings, 24. And so it was when they brought out those five kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains, that's his leaders. And to the men of war who went with him, come near and put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet upon their necks. That would be quite a church service to go to, wouldn't it? This is a neck stomping church service bring your best boots hallelujah then joshua said to them do not be afraid nor be dismayed be strong and of good courage for thus the lord will do to all say all 
All your enemies. Is sickness your enemy? All. Is poverty your enemy? Is is debt your enemy? Is lack your enemy? Well, if you can get one victory, then you can get victory over all your enemies. Can you say amen? If you can win one time, you can win every time. Can you say amen? The Lord's hand is not short by or to save by many or by few. I like to say it this way, by IQ or none. There's no promises for people who have good jobs and, and a lack of a promise for people with bad jobs. He will do to all, say all. All your enemies. You know what he's saying? Stop being afraid of these people. We're in charge now. This is our city. This belongs to us. I'm not going to have happen to me what the ten spies did to Moses. I need you to have as much faith as Caleb and I did on that day. Can you say amen? For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees. Boy, you talk about fire and for effect. What's he doing? He's getting a picture inside of every last one of them. These guys are done. It's our day now. It's our turn. It's us. We're the champions around here now. We're in charge of this nation. This is ours. You're no longer slaves in Egypt. You lose that slave mentality. This is our day now. God, say God. God's among us. God's with us. Amen. And he killed them and hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging on the trees until evening. And so it was at the time. In other words, he left them up there for a picture. So it was foolproof. Do you ever read in the New Testament where the Bible says Jesus made an open show of the devil? That's what Joshua's doing. He wants full proof that there's no doubt these kings are dead. No one can later say, no, 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 they just got wounded. No, they're hanging right there. They're a whole lot more than wounded. They're done. You should take things. You should write down your victories. You paid off this. You paid off that. What's David say? I killed the lion. I killed the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he'll go down the same way. I paid off this and I paid off that and I gave to this and I gave to that and I pledged to the house of God and I pledged to this and I pledged to that. And God, say God. God God walked among me. See, they're catching the spirit of victory. It's more than a classroom show. He's saying, I want you to see yourselves now as the victors. Can you say amen? I'm going to open the altars and I want to pray for you tonight. If you want prayer... Prayer to see these things that God has given us. Prayer to step out of the realm of the natural and into the realm of the spirit. Where the, where the Stephens become the great preachers of their day and the healers of their day. For the anointing, I can't do it through the laying on of hands, but we can initiate it. We can impart. We can ask God to begin to anoint you, to stop thinking the way you've been thinking and to begin to think the way that a man or woman of God ought to think. And from this point, folks, we step over. We step over into victory. And we're not the ones hiding in holes anymore. Let debt hide in a hole. Let lack hide in a hole. Let sickness and disease hide in a hole. 
If someone's going to stay up all night and worry about how they're going to pay their bills, let the devil stay up all night and wonder how he's going to get things done. Can you say amen? We're going to have a good night's sleep. Hallelujah. If you want prayer, come on up here and I'll pray for you. You don't have to, but you're welcome to. Hallelujah. Just get me a line up up here, ushers, if you would. I'm going to ask Pastor Dave and Sister Katie to come up here and help me pray for people. And, of course, my wife, Janine. You get in a row here and you line up. We're just all four of us going to go along. And we're going to pray for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Do you have any oil? I, I don't have any oil. Of course, after I move it, then the preacher wants it. Just give me a, a little bit on my finger. I don't. We're not doing an oil change here tonight. We just want to anoint people. Dave, why don't why don't I go first and you follow me and then ladies you follow behind him and we'll just we'll just kind of make like an assembly line all the way down. Amen. I want to ask you to either be praying or singing. Raise your hands in worship. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. To sing and to bring in the presence of God. In your home and in your family. Thank you, Father, for that anointing. Brother, I curse your enemy, sickness and disease and any trying to anything abnormality trying to work in your body or work against you. I call you strong in Jesus' name. I bless your body, I bless your vision, I bless your future and your tomorrows, your decision making skills. You're gonna make good decisions and fight your way through life in Jesus' name. Lord, bless Ellie. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you that you get her. You speak her language. Talk to her, Lord, the way that only you can. Thank you, Father, for clarity to come to this young man. The things of God and the voice of God. Help him to hear your voice clearly. And no voice of a stranger. Brother, I just want to encourage you to get in the scriptures and read your Bible like you've never done it before. And focus strong on the things of God. There's beauty in your future and your tomorrows. The Lord's going to open some doors for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless our sister. What a blessing she is. What's your name, sister? Megan. What? Megan. Megan, I bless you in the name of Jesus. May your home be blessed. May there be peace, strength, love. Thank you, Lord, that there's it's time for some giggles and some laughters to happen in this house. The peace that passes understanding. I bless you, Megan, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
You have a good spirit about you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing these young men of God. Armor bearers and strengthen them. They have such a heart to help in this church. Use them, Lord. There's not two Holy Ghosts, one for the adults and one for just one. You use the tongue to help everybody. Now all three of you holding hands, are you a family? Is that what this is all about? I bless you in the name of Jesus. To be the protector of your home the way that you dream to be. To be the provider of your house that you dream to be. To be the man of God and to have the wisdom of God to know how to help. And have the right words to speak. In Jesus' name. Thank you for bringing them to the house of God tonight. I bless you, brother, in the name of Jesus. You're strong in spirit. You have a strong disposition, if I could say it that way. A strong spine. Great determination. And yet, Lord, there's things that our determination just can't get for us. We need you to intervene and to touch some things in this brother's life. I bless him in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Open some doors for him that he can't seem to get open for himself. And touch his future with the power of your great spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Your spirit is on your daughter today. You're anointing your grace. She loves the house of God and she loves life and all that you're doing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the beauties that's in her future and her tomorrow. In Jesus' name. So good to see families up here. So good to see young men and women of God with a dream in God. So many times the devil says, just, you're too far. He used to tell me all the time, you're a lost cause. You can't ever get ahead. And yet, and yet, and yet, and yet, God showed me my own mind was lying to me. I could get ahead. I could do something for Jesus Christ. I could be used by the Most High God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we dedicate this family. We consecrate them to the things of God. And I thank you for your miracle working power upon my brother in Jesus' name. Things have been hard for him at times. Thank you that life is going to get a little bit easier for this man. In Jesus' name. There's that power on you, sister. That isn't, that isn't Ray Benj. That's his God. 
I curse your enemies. Demons speaking. Demonized people at times trying to talk to you. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who doesn't listen to the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, or go out hang out with the sinner. But your delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law will you meditate all your days. And He'll make whatsoever you put your hand to, to prosper. You won't be like those scorners. You won't be like those people. You won't be like those that doubt your God. God's going to flow through you and use you. You've chosen Him and He has chosen you. Lord bless Sister Desiree in the name of Jesus. May she see with her eyes what she sees in her heart. Lord, sometimes it's just the, just almost unbearable, this dream, this fire she has. How can I get it out? How do I impart it into people? God, give her the methods and the way, the vision, the words to speak, the way to speak it. And I thank you, Lord, she's going to cause others to get on the... Uh, she's going to cause others almost to say, come on, get on the train, we're going for a ride. This thing's about to leave the station, you better get on board. Yep. I bless you, Desiree, in the name of Jesus, you and your man, to be contagious in the things of God. You dream your dream. You keep talking. I don't care how many times you told it to your husband. You tell it to him again. Baby, we're going places. Hallelujah. We're not saying like this. God's got more, 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 more. We're going upstream, 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 upstream. Do you hear me? Keep rowing. I don't want to hear about it. We're going places in God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You don't, you don't worry who to hear it from you. I can almost hear it when you come sit down. Oh, here she comes. Here she comes. You come. Hallelujah. Don't you worry about people. You let those old wet blankets get on you. Praise God. You burn your fire in God. You dream your dream. You're going to see it come to pass. Lord, bless my sister in the name of Jesus. You've given her a good mind. She's a stable person. She thinks straight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that her children will rise and know the peace of the Almighty God. Her husband will sense her love and her support for him. This family's going to know the miracle-working power of their God. Thank you, Lord. Promotion is going to be His. Advancement is going to be His. God's going to begin to open some doors and blow on your life and fill your sails with His breath and take you to places. I bless you in Jesus' name. You have such value in the house of God, my sister. In Jesus' name, you are valuable. Do you hear me? Your worth. Your worth. Maybe not everybody sees it, but God sees it. You are worth the investment.
Lord, I thank you for my brother and my sister that, that life has tossed them at times and blown around and here they've settled. Lord, this is going to be like Bethel for them. Here the blessing of the Lord will find them. Here the peace that passes understanding will find them. Here the things of God will be explained to them. And they'll see truths that they haven't seen before. And know the reality and the power of your spirit. I bless them today in the name of Jesus. I bless their money. I bless their marriage. I bless their home. I bless their bank accounts. And I thank you, Lord, that the scriptures now will begin to burn in their heart like never before. And they'll go strong and hard after the things of God. And to will people who knew them before will hardly recognize them for what they become in Christ. Not that anything, Lord, it's not like they haven't been, but they're going places in God. They've got a call and a future. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. You've been walking with the Lord for a season? You per- have you? Anyone ever tell you you're a little hard-headed? Oh, yeah. My wife. <laughs> I bless you, brother, in the name of Jesus. There's a good stubborn. There's a bad, but there's a good. The man who refuses to quit. The man, even though life has told him he's never going to get ahead, he gets up and picks up his sword one more time. One more time. God, I'm going to swing this one more time. Today's my victory. Today, Goliath goes down. You keep telling yourself, I'm going to keep at this. God is going to begin to go to work in my life. One, you just, every time you have to, you say it one more time. I'm going to get up and I'm going to war one more time and I'm going to win. Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you never give up. We're never giving up on you. You're going to keep using us. Use this, Sister Lord, in the name of Jesus to raise up champions in the house of God. Champions in her own house. In Jesus' name. Every now and then when I preach, my eye will catch people and I say, they get it. They get it. All tonight while I'm preaching, I know you, you get it. You understand what I'm talking about. You get it. I call peace now to the storms in your life. Time for some things that have distracted you to settle down now and leave you alone. 
and you focus on the things of God like never before. You begin to run now hard, 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 hard after the things of God. You hear me? God's showing you things. God's going to speak to you things. He's going to use you in your future. I I don't want to go too far, but I believe you're going to win souls. You're going to find hurting people down and out, almost kind of given up and thrown in the towel, and you're going to find a way to speak to them and encourage them in the things of God and bring them out of that lifestyle and into the things of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I bless you, Raymond, in Jesus' name. Brother, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. This is a quality man. He loves you with all of his heart. He's got his act together, his life together. But there's some promises of God he is still yet to see manifest in his life. I put my faith together with him in the name of Jesus. You will use him in his future. Use him in his tomorrows with the wisdom of God he has in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you'll flow through these hands. Use her to touch your people. Use her to bless. I thank you, Lord, that you give her the wisdom to be able to be successful in her endeavors in life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, you're quite the sponge. I get around you, I can feel the anointing just kind of draining out of me and soaking into you. (laughs) You just keep going in Jesus' name. You just keep this hunger going. Great things are coming into your future. In Jesus' name. Amen. How you doing? What's your name? Austin. Lord, I bless Austin in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' name. Lord, open some doors. Pour some oil on his life. It's hard for a transmission to run if there's no oil in it all the time. All the gears can be there, but it'll burn up. We just need a little oil on this brother's life. Begin to grease the tracks a little bit. Make things go smoother in your life. Not so much friction. Not so much friction. But the power of the Holy Spirit to make things gel for you. In Jesus' name. You work hard. But there's just some things you need God to do in your life and in your heart. Can you say amen to that? I bless you, Austin. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yes, sir. I just encourage you every chance you can. Every day you take at least 15 minutes a day just praying the Holy Ghost. Don't try to get an interpretation and a prophecy and a vision and all of that. Just spend time with God. Every day, 15 minutes. You do that? Yes, sir. Minimum. You'll hardly recognize yourself in 30 days. I bless you, brother, in the name of Jesus. What we see in your life, this pattern you've established now, you and your bride, I bless you today in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. I call people that will get alongside of you and help now and get busy serving in the kingdom of God. Not that there's none, but we can always use more and more and more for our future and our tomorrows. In Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. You're one of my favorite people in the kingdom. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. No sharp sword is going to penetrate her heart. The breastplate of God Almighty begins to push those things back and keep them at bay. I don't care sharp-mouthed people or people that talk and gossip. I bless you, sister, in Jesus' name. I bless you in the name of Jesus. You keep bearing your heart to God. You keep talking to God. The Bible says about Jesus that he can bind up the brokenhearted. He can do a work inside of a person that no man or woman can do. In Jesus' name. Even though we're all tough, we're all soldiers of the cross, sometimes things will get underneath your armor and and cut a little deeper than they should have. I bless you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Lord doesn't show me what this is all about, but I, I recognize a broken, wounded spirit when I see one. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You're good people. You're good people. Hey, brother. Lord, this brother just comes and goes from the house, just seems so happy, like he kind of doesn't have a care in the world. And yet there's a couple things in his heart that are unfulfilled. I thank you, Lord, that these things he talks to you about in private, the answers of God now will begin to come for him. In the name of Jesus, that you'll bless and you'll touch. You'll bring things together for him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. It's not just one. I see a couple, maybe two, three things that you just wait for them to come together. Things are going to begin to gel for you. Amen. Thanks for not quitting, but you're going to get some answers. Hallelujah, everybody. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap. Pastor, thank you for your time. God bless you, everybody. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's awesome to get into the Word of God tonight, but it's also incredible to have a time of just ministry here at the end and the laying on of hands. And, you know, I, I uh, challenge you to just receive from that. You know, even if you didn't have a lot of words spoken over you, just receive uh, from what the Lord was uh, imparting into your life tonight and know that something was deposited. And, and uh, when it's time to make the withdrawal, it'll be there. Amen. Well, we're going to receive uh, the uh, offering as we close out tonight for uh, Reverend Ray and, and Janine. And so I'm going to have the ushers uh, come up and uh, we'll pass out some envelopes this evening. 
if you're going to make out a check, you can just make it out to HDWC, and then we'll we'll write one total check to him from there. If you're given online, hdwc.org uh, slash giving, you select the guest speaker tab, and uh, we'll make sure that all of that gets uh, sent to him. But, you know, the Lord uses Ray all over the world. He's talked about the Philippines, but he's in a lot of places uh, beyond that. I know a couple years ago, you... Uh, you went to that country in Africa. I can't remember what it was. Very last minute. You, well, no, I think it was a different one right after COVID where we sent a special offering. I don't, maybe it was Uganda. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, he does a lot of work in Africa and the Philippines especially, but all over uh, the United States. And we want to be a part of sending, uh, sending him there. We want him to get there and do what God's called him to do. So that's what we're helping out with tonight. And I challenge us, you know, that uh, the Lord loves a cheerful giver and he will bless us for our obedience. Amen. So everybody, Liberia, that's, yeah, that was it, Liberia, yeah. Yeah, so I had to look it up on a map. I didn't know where it was, but I found it. it is, it's real. It exists. So, amen. Well, if you got an envelope, go ahead and we'll give you a chance to fill that out. I want to remind you that, uh, of course, we got service on Wednesday at 7. It's going to be great. And then this coming weekend, both services are going to be power-packed. And, you know, as summer gets here, sometimes, uh, not you guys, but, you know, sometimes people are like, hey, vacation mode. Maybe I'll just chill out from church and the Bible for a little bit. Well, that would be a good idea, except I found out that Satan doesn't go on vacation. And so, <laughs> while we're taking a break from God, the devil's not taking a break. He's working overtime. And uh, so it's important that as we all go have fun this year, we've all got trips and plans and fun things. I want you to do that. We want you to do that. Have some fun with your family. You got to do it and relax, but don't take a break from God. You know, be in the word every day, be in church still, and uh, just keep faithfully serving God. And it'll be a wonderful summer. And the rest of this year is going to be great too. Amen. All right. Well, we got that taken care of. Why don't we stand up together tonight? Praise the Lord. And uh, when we're going to do like we did this morning, we will close in prayer. And then we can bring our offering up. Um, uh, but we'll do the Barstow Faith Confession before we do that. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray over this. We'll do the faith confession. You can bring your offering up and be dismissed. All right. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for just the wonderful, wonderful weekend, the great day that we've had uh, here with Ray and Janine at both of these services. We thank you for the word that's been uh, taught, Lord, but uh, we thank you even more so for the things that have been caught, Lord, through the spirit of God. And even as hands were laid on uh, most people here tonight, I thank you that we received from the anointing of God that is there, Lord. And we're grateful uh, for uh, this couple, and we're grateful for this church that we get to be here and, uh, and, and hear from you and learn from you, Lord, and our lives are changed because of it. Use us this week to be the light of the world and show the love of Jesus everywhere we go. We praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? All right, Barstow Faith Confession, then we can bring our offering up, and then you can go do whatever it is you do on Sunday nights. Amen? All right, let's do it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, 
joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll see you Wednesday. Go to the CD table.